Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! All right, greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs up here. And uh, I just, you know, I don't know if y'all noticed. One, a brother, I, I had to clean up. I ain't gonna lie. My wife was like, hey, baby, um, <laughs> you got to do something with that. And I was like, all right. Let me, let me shave up real fast. So uh, I didn't cheat on my barber. I'm loyal. I'm still loyal. Y'all know, y'all know what they say. Black men don't cheat. Okay. <laughs> but that being stated, and that being said, um, man, welcome another episode of Phase Up. If you didn't see, look, look, I ain't gonna even lie to y'all. I don't even know how to act. Sometimes, you know, you gotta treat yourself. So this is my treat yourself. 2024. So, um, yeah, man. So, and y'all let me know, let a brother know how it sounds. Uh, how it sounds. Took off this little piece here, felt like it sounded a little muffled. Had a uh, good person at the church stop and be like, Bro, I was listening to the pod and the noise. So, I'm listening right now, and honestly, I think it sounds a little better. It's just me and my two cents, but yeah, man. So, forgive me for being a few minutes late. Uh, as y'all know. Treat y'all like y'all was in the room with me. And my mama always told me and taught me, uh, don't be smelling any kind of way around everybody. So I treated it like y'all in the room with me. And I literally hopped out the shower, put some powder on, put on my good jersey. Ain't like brand new jersey. I made sure I got it because if you're not aware, uh, my favorite number is 22. I wore the number three in high school, but 22 is actually my favorite number. Uh, largely because that's the, that's the date of my birthday. So, I mean, eh, I don't know to tell you on that. But before we get too too much into me, because I'm just here. Even though I think I look decent. I ain't gonna lie. You know, brother, brother, I clean up well. Um, but big shout out to HBCU Digital Network. This is home. Also, shout out to the Black Techies, Herb Seward. And also his basketball spaces. I did not get to really get in there. Um, I got in there, but I wasn't in there until kind of late. Uh, if, if you're not aware of me, Friday nights around my house, if it's on and popping. So uh, yeah, but at the same point, man, also check him out. He's also oftentimes featured in HBCU nightly, and along with Josh and whole cast of characters over there. So shout out to them. But as we go on, man, we're gonna start off in uh, man. Then you got hawked down yesterday. That's kind of why this title is called Hawked Down. Uh, because man, we were winning. We won in the baseball game seven to one. I was excited. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I was I was ready to strip my stuff a little bit. We're about to get our first win. And then we didn't. We lost. Don't ask me why. I can't tell you. But what I can tell you is we lost the game. And that that's the problem is, and if if you're mad with Coach Shoot. 
it's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. You have every reason to be mad with him. Now, for some of y'all calling for him to get fired. Yeah. In the words of Jay-Z, <laughs> good luck with that, bro. I don't see that happening. I'm just telling you, like, I can lie to you or I can tell you the truth. Like, it's not going to happen. Not at all. And partially it's just because you can't afford it. <laughs> but all other part of that is how many people are going to take that job at this date and point in time with everything that's going on and where the program is. I mean, get me wrong. I made sure I got this from officially licensed, whatever, whatever, to make sure, fam, you got some money. But, uh, yeah, I bought a, I bought the jersey. Fam, you didn't get all of that. But I did want the jersey, ain't gonna lie. Like, I've been seeing that, and I wanted to get it before y'all changed the number and put a 23 on it. Nothing wrong with Terrell Jennings, but 22 is my number. That's that's that, that's special to me. Uh, so, anyways, that being stated, man, we lost the game 7-8, to eight and we were up 7-1. to one. That, that's not what I want, especially considering we're supposed to be a program and with the coaching staff that the coach is really focused on pitching. Meaning if you're focused on pitching, I'm thinking we're going to, you know, get some closer games. I, I'm not thinking we're going to lose 21 to seven, which again, check the score before from the previous Mercer game. We got our tails whipped. It wasn't close. And that, that's some of my issue, some of my struggle, just as a fan, because I just, I want to win. I want to win all the time. I'm not so facetious or so, facetious ain't the right word, short-sighted, fanatical, that I don't realize and understand that we're not a top-tier baseball program. But when we got a 7-1 lead, I anticipate winning that. I know sometimes we do play with our pitching matchups and stuff just to kind of see where we get because some of our focus is more so on the postseason. But that's a game you want to win. You haven't won a game yet. I'm, I'm looking at 0-5. That would have been a nice 1-4. and And you got award winners. Jared Weber comes away, SWAC co-hitter of the week, five hits, three of those are home runs, six RBIs. Like, take a second now. One, I'm looking at those RBIs. Okay, if he hits five home runs and he gets six RBIs, I'm sorry, three home runs and six RBIs, I don't know if we're getting the base support, like the amount of runners in front of him. So that that, that kind of has me question where he is in the lineup and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll just be honest. That's why I say question, not criticize. I, I don't know where, where he is in the lineup because if he can get some base runners in front of him, I mean, three on runs, just saying, five hits, that means he either got some solos or there was one other person in front of him every time and there was a two-run homers. Not likely, but just saying, if you get a few more base runners on there with those three home runs, man, and – that RBI title Mike total, excuse me, may go up. And that that's just that's just the fan in me. That's the rational part of me. I, I, as y'all may or may not know, and I have worn it before on here. I'm a Tampa Bay Rays fan. I love baseball. We we have spring break coming, and I'm not gonna lie to y'all. One of my things is I want to go to a race game. They're doing spring training, tickets are cheap. It's 
at the Rays baseball stadium, which I've been to before. It ain't the best. I'd much rather watch a baseball game at Dick Houser Stadium, respectfully. If I'm going to watch a baseball game, Hauser's probably it for me. I, I'm, I told you, I don't hide this. I love FAMU. FAMU's number one, and without FAMU, I'm not here. I'm also a Florida State fan. And I, I, I prefer going to baseball at Hauser, even to the Rays, because the trop is trash. Just saying. As a fan, it's a two-hour ride, and I don't make it very often. I will because the tickets are like 10 bucks. Trying to see if I can get some some of the folks, but even if it's just me, hey, $10 baseball ticket, day away from the house, it's worth it. And that that's just where I'm at with it, though. Like, so I'm, I'm a baseball fan. So all that being said, the Rays are big on analytics and big on pitching. And some of this just has me ask that question of if we had additional staff, full-time staff for the baseball coaches, would would we see a difference in wins and losses and with and improving the analytics? Because you're asking one person to do a lot and you're asking them to maintain the field. At a certain point, you got to be rational in your fandom and what you're asking our coaches to do. Some of what you're asking them to do is truly not fair. You can't drag the field, coach baseball, do the math and everything else. Some of y'all can't chew gum and walk. Just saying. I can barely chew gum and podcast. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm being facetious, but at the same point, I'm also being honest. That was a loss. Now we're going into the Andre Dawson classic. Obviously, if you're a fan, you and you know who he is. Andre Dawson, also known as the the Hawk. I try not to say AKA, and I almost said it. No slander, no shade against anyone that is an AKA. I love the AKAs. I also love the Deltas. And this is <laughs> blue. I love y'all. Love y'all. Uh, SG Row, too. Yeah, I know that's a special place in my heart for SG Row. Um, but just being real with y'all, that that's something I need to see a little more of. I need to see a little bit better product as far as W and L is coming from that. So, um, but hopefully we get a little little bit of heat going again. Andre Dawson Classic. We have Southern on Friday, University of New Orleans on Saturday, Prairie View on Sunday. So you, you got some decent teams. I mean, Southern. Remember last year, that was the team that put us out of the SWAC championship last year. Like they put us out in the SWAC tournament. Hopefully we got a little bit of what for, like you got a little something to offer those guys, something to, you know, to, Hey, you put us out last year. I need a little get back. And I, that's just, again, Southern is a rival to me. Jackson state will never be a rival to me. I don't care if we don't beat them for 70 years. You're not my rival. I'm just mad that you're beating me. There's a difference. Southern, there's a rivalry. Like when the hundred and yeah, human jukebox get together. Okay. Yeah. Now when when the you know human and the sonic boom of the south get together, it's not a rivalry. I appreciate what they do. I appreciate that they're different. It's not like it's not the same. It is it's just not the the one drum major running out there and doing his little pelvic stuff. Yeah, nah, nah, man. Like, 
Y'all are a great band, but it's not a rivalry. No way, shape, or form. So that being stated, our rivals from Baton Rouge are the first team we play, and they put us out of the tournament last year. I want a little get back. I want that to be our first one of the season just because they did beat us. We owe you that. I, I owe you a tail with it. And that, that's that's where I'm at with it. I really believe that. And it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun game. I'm not sure. I haven't been able to find anything as far as what the game lies. When when I did look and I did post a um a link to the video, the Major League Baseball did a video with the coaches who are participating in the event, and they pretty much made it seem like it's gonna be on MLB network. So look for that on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's tomorrow. Look for that on MLB Network if you have it. Last year it was on MLB Network, and it, it wasn't really hard to find. It was, you know, pretty easy. If you have that that channel, go look for it. I'm always going to do my best to let y'all know when FAMU's on, on what platform, if I can find it. <laughs> I'm not going to get on that soapbox this week. I, I got on it last week. I'm not going to do it to myself this week. Now, FAMU softball. That was a tough loss. Uh, again, they got a few wins, but not enough. We we lost to the University of North Florida 0-1. to one. I believe that game was at the FSU Softball Complex, and we have the HBCU tournament coming up soon. And again, we've got Southern. I'm telling you, that, that's for me, Southern's my rival. Next game we got after that one, we got Alabama A&M. And then we got South Carolina State. So, and as a matter of fact, on Saturday, it's a doubleheader, which that's going to be interesting. I'm just going to put it out there. That is one of the fun parts of softball and baseball because the first softball game is a little, it's longer, whereas the second one's shorter. That can be some fun. And this is where we're really going to see what we might have to expect from the conference this year. I'm just saying, I don't know what Southern and Alabama A&M have softball-wise. But I, I do expect some good things. And I, I expect some good competition. Haven't seen where that is televised. Again, I, I'm, I'm going to lament it, but we have to do better as a conference. Now, tennis. Family tennis on a winning streak. Like, we've been wearing this conference out, and we go back out of conference. Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks from Jacksonville, Alabama, are our next opponent. And then Sunday, we're supposed to play against Oakland University. But I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's in Tallahassee or Orlando. Hopefully we get some confirmation because I ain't going to lie. If it's in Orlando, I might pull up. Like, depending on what time it is, if it's not during church, I might have to pull up. And if it is during church, Look, I may have to drag the family after and, you know, just go support just to just 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 to be there. I mean, hey, it's all right. So we're going to see, though, good times, though, to be had. Now we got basketball and y'all know I, I don't double up on basketball normally. We do kind of one game or have it, whatever. But the women's basketball team season's coming to an end. And I'm not going to lie. I was wrong. I was a little higher up on them than I would like to admit. Part of that is because I really felt like with the additions on the roster and if they were able to stay healthy, 
we were to make some noise. And that didn't happen. Like we, we're not healthy. And that really kills your chances of winning. I will be watching that game from afar. I'll be at the University of Tampa during those games, covering games at the University of Tampa. And yeah, that, that's going to be fun. I ain't going to lie. I'm kind of jazzed to go over and check that out. But I will keep an eye on it. I always, when we get a little moment in, in breaking the game where I don't have to uh, spot and check stuff, I'll look and be like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Ah, we good, we good, we good. Like, <laughs> I'm one of them, y'all. Like, I definitely, when I get a moment, I check on my Rattlers. And I do wear Fanview stuff, I ain't gonna lie. I wear Fanview paraphernalia. I don't wear the jerseys, but I definitely wear polos. Like, because they're always Rattlers at the game. There's Fanviewans everywhere. We're, we're literally everywhere. Like, you'd be surprised. Uh, but that game, 2 o'clock, Lawson Center, and that's senior night. So we got, I believe Coach said we got about three seniors total of like five because a couple of them got that COVID year that I'm not gonna lie to y'all that's part of why I'm a little up on this team for next year I'm not ecstatic but I am a, a little higher than I would have been I'm not I'm not gonna lie like if we were replacing the whole roster I would have been like well y'all uh, next season's about to be a long one and yeah but I had a little bit of hope. I'm not, I'm not completely jaded. And I'm not willing to sit up here and bet the farm on this team. But there was some improvement. That's what I asked for. Ain't the kind of improvement I wanted. But it's, it's what I asked for. I, I, I wanted growth. We got some growth. Not enough. But just to be real loud. We, we have to be honest with what it is and what the product is. You got eight players now, five players. And I, one thing I appreciated, you know, I, I don't mind shouting out the good brothers, the ONG strikes on. They had Mr. Vaughn Wilson on there yesterday. And he confirmed like, yep, five injuries and they're all legit injuries. Ain't no bunch of, oh yeah, him and Han. Nope. They're hurt. And when that's the case, I mean, it is what it is. You, you can get mad at it. You can love it or shove it. But if they're hurt, you can't do anything with it. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of just what happens with that. Like what players decide to come back. Are some players going to retire from basketball? Because if, if they come back, you, you got a chance. Like you got a decent chance. And that's really all you need. For me, that's all I want. Just give me a chance. Just give me a shot. Let me prove you wrong. And if you give me that shot, I'm going to do my best. And that's what I'm looking for. Now, the, the men's basketball, yo, we're on a winning streak. I just, just love, like Coach McCullum or hate him, he's on a winning streak. And if he finishes this season right, he's got a lot coming back. He's got a lot coming back. And he lost a big man. He stated, you know, lost a 6'9 presence. I'm like, okay, explains a lot. But even with that, losing that presence, that means you got to bring some more guys in. We got to bring some more bodies in that can play. Because, I, I again, I told y'all, I've been to other schools, and I've seen some of their size, and I kind of hit that why not us. But then I, I love that someone pointed out to me, he's like, oh, just because they're big don't mean they're good. <laughs> and 
they were right. And I saw one dude, he was seven foot tall and seven foot of clumsy. I'm like, man, that's a clumsy looking mother lover right there. He's tall, but I see why you don't start. Look goofy with the ball. Get a lot of fouls. And it's again, it's it's gonna be interesting to see. We are at the end of the season. So it's it's something that you really at this point, yeah, you're you're trying to play to back into the conference tournament. And I'll say this, if this team does make the tournament, I don't think you fear them, but I think you're concerned because they're just kind of figuring it out. Probably too little too late because you're playing against some really good teams. But you you got a chance, and hopefully down in Daytona, I hope to be there for that angle. I probably want my jersey unless I order a LeBron one. I doubt it. <laughs> But just being real with y'all, like, this is going to be a good opportunity for those players to put some good film on for next year so that when we add those couple of players for next year, it's something. Because we, we need another score. We all know that. We got some good dunkers. But we – some a couple things ain't, ain't hidden right. And once we get those couple things, I think we'll be a better team. But right now, we're, we're just not there. And I want us to be there badly, desperately. But at the same point, I'm an honest enough fan to where I'm not going to lie about who we are and what we are. We are what we are. We can be more. We could have been greater. But this season, it's very unlikely we go far. Now, if we do, it's going to be a story. I'm just going to say it. If this team... Lucks up and has the kind of season where they finish out and win out and makes that swag tournament and then turns around and does some crazy stuff where they actually win that thing. That's that. That's the story everybody hears on ESPN where, I mean, they're going to put you against a Duke or somebody like that. Like, I mean, not that Duke's that great this year, but you know what I'm talking about. A one seed. You'll be one and bounced out, but it'd be a fun story. <laughs> I doubt we get that story. But I'm honest enough to tell y'all the truth. Now, if you haven't been checking it out, yo, family football, just just shout out Willie Simmons. <laughs> like, that dude can recruit, and he can produce. And that that's one of the things I think a lot of us never doubted him at. Like, if you give him some talent, can he do something with it? Yeah. I've been very confident with that forever, ever since he got it. I mean, consider what Sean McKay was when he got there and was what he was when he left. Very unpolished to, like, a serviceable quarterback. I Honestly, I was a bit surprised that McKay didn't con- – didn't, I ain't going to say consider, but didn't end up transferring to another school because I think a lot of schools in the SWAC would have took him. He, was, he wasn't a bad quarterback. But I'll, that being stated, man, uh, Simmons produces talent. I mean, consider you get Xavier Smith to come on as a walk-on. Goes from being a walk-on when he gets there to your primary receiver his senior year at five foot eight, five nine. Like, and just just go over there and look. Just. Check the FQ Family Twitter page. H- check out the HBCU 
uh, Legacy Bowl. Check that out. And when you're checking that out, go check that video of Xavier Smith putting that man on his butt. That was mean. You ain't do that man like that. And the worst of it, the route sent the dude, sent Xavier back to the guy. Like, it's a it's a dig route, but it's it's a dig route with a whole lot of extra sauce for no reason. So Xavier starts, he shuffles his feet, he goes in, or he goes out, then he comes in, then he goes back out. And when he goes to the first out, the DB stumbles and falls on his butt. Xavier comes back in and then goes back towards the DB. And you're like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That that guy's like that. He's him. All right, that that's that's the only way I can put that. He is him. That's what these kids say these days. And yeah, I, I told. But again, to all the people who covered it, it's like oh, that's man Xavier. You know, I mean, it's not even like it's not that you were shocked, and it's not that as a fam you person or pundit that you were really just overwhelmed. You were impressed because it's what you see all the time. Like you, you, you knew. Like that's why after the classic, I was stating how disappointed I was that he wasn't getting more opportunities. Like, why isn't this guy here? Why was he not at the senior bowl? Because I promise you, you would have gave him a senior bowl chance. He would, yeah. I ain't saying he would have done all those DBs. What I'm saying is he would have he would have done a darn good job. And I'm just saying what you're seeing now is. Now at the HBCU Legacy Bowl, they're saying he's a problem. <laughs> they're saying that dude is hard to cover. But we saw that all season long. I mean, the problem was you knew the route Xavier Smith was going to run. You just couldn't stop it. He's running a wheel route. Like he, he ran a wheel route, he ran a go route. You know, little short routes where he kind of runs that flag route, short flag. And they didn't stop him. Sometimes they run like a little kind of slant, slantish type routes. But that flag, that that wheel route was a killer where you see Xavier lines up. He comes up and obviously you can't see my fingers, but he lines up and he goes up and he just goes on out. Like You're like, what the heck? And by the season's end, you're like, here it goes again. <laughs> Like, you you weren't always going to call the play because he didn't always run the same route. But that route was deadly. Like, and that's why I stated when the season was ending, I was like, yo, I'm just saying that guy's got that Wes Walker thing. Julian Edelman, whatever smaller receiver that you want to list up there, but speed. That's the difference. Like, he got a little bit of Marvin Harrison to him. As far as like route running, size, hands, com- like measurables, Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison's not a huge guy. Good size. I mean, considering, I mean, he's not huge, but great route runner, really good hands, focused. Like, those are the things that Xavier Smith, to me, brought to FAMU. And I think that's what he'll bring to an NFL team. He has that Marvin Harrison thing. I don't think he has a Steve Smith. Y'all saw Steve Smith kind of interviewing him, and I appreciate that. But I'll be real, that's that's not a Steve Smith guy. I, I think Steve Smith was a beast. 
but I think he was faster than he was quick. Whereas I think Xavier's more in that Marvin Harrison vein. If you're going to try to look for a measurable comparison, I think that's it. You know, and that that's a that's a that's a decent little comparison. I'm just gonna say that that's not me just throwing a name out there. That's a decent comparison. And with that, yeah, that that's that to me is the closest the closest you get because look at the size, look at the hands, look at the route running. I, I think that's it. And I, I honestly think Xavier is working his way to get drafted. Do I think he's a first-day pick? No. Do I think he is a worthy of a first-day for some teams? But I think he's a solid day-two pick, day-two or day-three. Like, he, to me, he's, he, because of where he's at, he slides between the fifth and the seventh round. But I, I think he's got second or third-round potential. I mean, I, if I were a GM, I'd have to justify making that kind of move. But at the same point, if if I'm a GM and we get to the fourth round, late fourth, I might have to pull that trigger. If he makes it to the fifth, it's there. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't. If I'm the Dolphins, I'm not. I'm not a player. You you have two smaller receivers. You, you do need a taller guy. But if you're a team like the the Jags, maybe even the Falcons. Yo, I might be a buyer. I mean, the problem with the Falcons is they got quarterback problems. And I know this NFL really ain't what y'all came here for. But I'm just saying, nah, there's one team I definitely want them to go to. The Cowboys. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I think that would be fun to have C.D. Lamb. And maybe Xavier Smith is the third or fourth receiver in that offense. I'm just saying that's that's gonna be some fun. Yeah, yeah. Cause you already see something comparable. Like he's got a little bit of that Debo Samuel to him. And you don't want that kind of guy going to the 49ers because they already got that. And you really don't want the Chiefs getting another one of those because I mean, you got Kadarius Tony, and yeah, that dude was a problem at Florida. I've seen him many a time. Like, just being honest, like I, I've gone to the Florida Kentucky game and knowing that that Molly Whopper was coming. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm just gonna say. So, but he's not the only one there. Um, I believe NFL said we had six guys there, but when you go to the HBCU um, combine, their website. Mm. It doesn't do a great job of listing all the players there. But Jose Roma Martinez, he's also there. And AJ Davis. AJ Davis was a transfer from Pittsburgh. I don't know if he gets drafted, but I do think he makes it practice squad. I'm I'm just saying, I think that's a good pickup um for them. I think Jose is gonna get a call. I, I don't again, he's another guy where I don't know if he gets drafted. But Jose and Chris Fadul are guys that I think get calls, at least into tryout. Um, now, one of the things with the kicker, the kicker position is crowded. You got to think, it's, what, 32 positions? I mean, it's 100 and some 
universities producing kickers at the D1 level. 120 at the top, 120 plus. Then you hit the FCS, and you got another. So you're talking about 200 at least kickers that are all fighting for the same positions. So you're really talking about 60, 70 guys. It's tough. It's just law of numbers. So, but give them a chance. Like, I think they will get a decent shot, especially Jose. Like, honestly, another one, the Cowboys. Considering the kicking problems they just had, considering the need for a receiver they have, I'm just saying. And honestly, if I'm a team like the Jaguars, I could tire than A.J. Davis because I'm not doubting the running back they have. He's good, but he's a little light. He can be a little injury prone. And, you know, that Jacksonville offense works best. We have multiple running backs. We saw that this season when, okay, you kind of went down to your one running back. It worked, but you were really at your apex when you had two good ones. I think A.J. Davis could be that. And even I'm missing B.J. in this. I'm just saying, I think B.J. Bowler would be a good nickel corner somewhere. Good on special teams because he got that what for. Like, you can you can love the shimmy, you can hate the shimmy, whatever. I mean, if that's the case, you're just a hater. You just hate him because he's a good brother from Cap Alpha side. But I'm just saying, like, the guy is a good player. And I think as a nickel corner, you get you you want him just because he's a competitor. And on special teams, he's gonna make some noise. And I think that just kind of lets you kind of look back and see that, you know, fam, fam, you had some talent this year. It's a two-loss team. Hey, Miss Williams. Uh, but it was a two-loss team that at times underachieved. And we really could have done more. And I think events like the HBCU Legacy Bowl are going to help because now you're going to get that spotlight on your players, but then let's not also discount the effects of COVID. Like COVID hurt. I ain't gonna lie. Like mentally, emotionally, COVID hurt. But as much as we don't have room to take on high school recruits and you're getting players with six years to play college football, now you're getting a better brand of ball at the FBS and the FCS level. Like you got guys that would be pros, some that would be at home that are still playing college ball, like six-year players. You're giving people six years to just focus on football. Because if they stay in a six-year in college, if they did their work, they're really not, they're not, a, they're, they're not doing all that work. I mean, they're, they're a student, but they're they taking basket weaving, golf, tennis, and unfortunately, Coach Bogan ain't up there to fuss at them to, talking about, yeah. Yeah, don't get mad at me. Your jaw's going to be tight. <laughs> so I'm a real rattler. I ain't one of them play rattlers. I had Coach Coach Bogan as a coach. I had Coach Wiggins as a coach. <laughs> like, I'm real. But I'm just saying, like, you you don't have that up there. But these, these students are getting that time to focus and almost function as professionals. But they're still amateurs. It's it's going to produce the next couple of years. You may see another Zenith in HBCU football because the quality of talent coming in is so much stronger and the quality of talent that you're keeping 
is so much stronger. What you're having is not just iron sharpened iron, but the wheat is being separated from the chaff. Oh God, I just used two Bible references. That's okay. So you're getting bigger, stronger, faster to stay at the highest levels. That means bigger, stronger, faster has to move down. And while I don't agree and don't endorse trickle-down economics, this is what trickle-down economics would kind of look like. The lower-level teams get better because now they have higher-level talent. And you're seeing that at the HBCU combine. This dude just rocked a 4-3. Like 4-3-8 and a 4-3-9. And the coaches, again, go watch NFL Network. They've done three specials on Xavier already. Three. The other guys are like, oh, yeah, we're also talking about this guy. But that Xavier Smith from FAMU, that dude's different. Like, you had the first one where he was just there, and then, hey, he's turning heads. Then you got the other one where Steve Smith goes, yo, this dude's good, and tweets it and retweets what Gerald from the Tallahassee Democrat wrote. Shout out, Gerald. And then goes back and doubles down and does a feature on NFL Network and sits up there and fusses saying, yo, if this dude was at a bigger bigger school, he would have got more attention. So I'm just saying, like, you're able to see that one player has already been the spotlight. Even the HBCU Combine thing, the number one prospect that they're talking about is Xavier Smith from Florida A&M University. So again, this is what having that extra time, that extra year to build and become better and to potentially recruit better looks like. Look at Albany State. Look at what they got. And I don't want to go too deep into that, but look at some of the players they got. We're talking two-star players that are going to Division II. Now, a lot of those guys don't plan on staying. And if I'm them, this to play. You redshirt one year. Honestly, I would really try to redshirt my freshman year. See how that thing plays out. Come back next year. Let some of those COVID kids kind of wash out and graduate out. Because 24 is their last year. 25, all them COVID kids come out the book. See if you can get the transfer portal. To me, that's the play. Like You got to play the game with an idea that, yo, this is an, an idea. If everybody can move up with no penalties, not like when Willie Simmons was playing and tried to transfer to FAMU and he had, had to come down. No, I can move up and I don't have to sit out the year. I should redshirt my first year, be a student, not an athlete. I mean, you go to practice, you go to the gym, you get fit, fine, and everything else, you know, Tallahassee, was it Tallahassee tight, Tampa tight, Carolina cute, Florida fine. That's what my minister says. Get all that. And then your uh, redshirt freshman year, you're acclimated to a co college weight training system. You Hopefully you've taken at least basic, basic level college classes so your GPA is straight. Now all you got to do is put the film out there. You have a good year on film, then, hey, you can hit the portal. You can stay where you're at. If you stay where you're at, just go through the process. Graduate. But if you put some good film out there, you move up. I'm, I'm saying that's the game. And I think that's what has happened with 
the transfer portal being what it is, but also with those COVID students getting that extra year. And now we're seeing some of that in this HBCU combine and in the Legacy Bowl where you got some really good players in there and that have an opportunity to really make some noise. And honestly, I'd be highly surprised if Xavier Smith doesn't get picked up. I think he gets drafted. And I think his work speaks for itself. And I, again, I said it once. I keep saying it. His humble demeanor is a selling point. That dude is a team guy. He, he ain't trying to yell on the field in a spirit of competition. Yeah. I mean, that's natural. You make a big play, you're going to strut a little bit. But you can even see on a lot of his big plays, he hands the ball to the ref. He goes to his teammates. He ain't trying to be nothing that he ain't. He's him. And post game, when you talk to him, team guy. I think that's that's going to bode well for him. And I think a lot of the people in the front offices are going to like that, especially the people who value that lunch pail work ethic and that kind of country boy humility. Because don't let Xavier fool you. He ain't stupid. He's he a country boy, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you let him play that game with you if you want to. You're a nice guy, though, uh, but he's smart, and he knows what he's doing. I think he's got a chance. So, all right, y'all. I'm going to let y'all go, though, because I got classwork to do. I'm, I'm, look, Miss Williams, I ain't, I ain't forgotten about this classwork. <laughs> I'm going to knock it out, try to finish a module tonight, and finish one tomorrow. So, um, cause I'm not only a fam, you fan, I'm a fam, you student again. <laughs> I got another one. Uh, <laughs> but that being stated, big shout out HBCU digital network. This is home. Thank y'all. Uh, you know, love y'all. Uh, also big shout out to her Seward, the black techies, get all your technical notification and information from them. And those guys are a wealth of knowledge. And they actually, you know, delve a little bit outside of technology every once in a while, but it's good. It's good information. Uh, and lastly, don't forget, check out Herb Seward, his basketball spaces, and HBCU Nightly. Check them out. Herb is one of the featured guests in there, one of my brethren here on HBCU Digital Network. Man, before I let y'all go, let me always say, hopefully I will see you at the Orange and Green game. And, uh, as always, this is up.